0: Hello happy Halloween and welcome to another
1: spectacular episode of
0: Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven on the Boy.
1: I guess it is Halloween since we're filming this, so I'll allow it um we have. Well, let's just start off by saying that you know we haven't bo- been very bombastic lately, <laughs> and so I'm sure this episode will be full of it. It will be
0: filled. Uh, well, I don't know about before- filled. There will be some. I mean, it was a win uh, over a top twenty-five team, uh, so I mean you can't get overly bombastic. But yes, since bombast that is, is in the title, there will be some bombast to be had
1: before we get to uh the week's picks and uh, just everything from around the country of course we'll start off with the ohio state game Buckeyes, 33 to 24 winners over penn state yesterday so a lot of you know things from this game obviously we both have uh, a couple of things we want to get through so uh, just start us off on uh, your takeaways obviously negatives but also some positives too uh and what to expect moving forward, you know, as they hit a couple uh, Big Ten West opponents in the upcoming weeks.
0: Okay. So I, I think a positive would be that late in the season, um, when teams, you know, like UC against uh, Navy, uh, Oklahoma against Kansas, you, know, you get later in the season, you see some of these teams struggling. Uh, against teams they have no business struggling against. Um, basically, on the border of November, uh, Ohio State took on the top 25 team at home in the bright scarlet lights, and they were able to secure a victory. Um, and so I think that's very positive because at the end of the day, uh, offensively, folks like uh, C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, um... They're still young, and that showed in this game, really. I think uh, some of the mistakes that Stroud made were because of, you know, he's still relatively inexperienced, Um, and this was a new environment for him. It really was. Uh, You compare it to Oregon, that was a noon game early in the year. I think it was a different type of stress for Stroud, one that he, um, this one he hadn't felt before. Uh, Night game against the top 25 uh, at the end of October, um, I'm, he, I don't think he's really experienced that, right? So, so I, I think it was positive that you could tell that he struggled with that a little bit, uh, but was able to still play very well, over 300 yards passing, uh, no interceptions. So that's very positive. Uh, also positive, same with Travion Henderson. Young and inexperienced. Um, I think you caught it a couple of times where he he missed a couple of obvious holes, and earlier on he seemed that seemed to be one of his talents, his gifts, to be able to find that hole even if it's not the one that he's supposed to be going to, to find it, get to it, and, and get through. Uh, so he he looked a little nervous, I think, at the beginning, charged up, uh, but by the end of the game he was the Travion Henderson we've come to know and love. So I, I'm you know very positive. Um, with respect to Stroud and Henderson um, coming out nervous, but at the end of the game, coming out on top. Um, Negatives? (laughs) There are quite a few. Uh, So, number one, I I had three keys for Ohio State. One was um, be consistent on offense, right? And... Meaning, you know what you've done in the past three or four weeks against crap teams. I want to see some semblance of that, and I don't know that we did. There was some explosion at times, um, but it was also muddled with um, some ineptness, some penalties, um, some nervousness, some bewilderment uh, at times, and yeah, that credit goes to Penn State, but. We're not here to credit Penn Penn State, you know, and I've gotten on the internets and I've seen a lot of that. Oh, well, we need to give credit to Penn State. No, I mean, that's not what this is about. You know, if you're going to talk about, hey, the defense is fixed, it's improved. Uh, If you're going to talk about this being the most amazing offense ever, that doesn't just stop when you get to a mediocre to good team. You know, you you'd s- should still have a- an elevated expectation. Yeah, it may not be the expectation that you're going to score 66 like you did against Maryland, but your expectation, if you really are where you claim to be, because that's what I see. I see a lot of people, they get on the internets, and what they say is, oh, you know, especially after the last few weeks, our defense is fixed, and we're awesome. You know, we should be in the top four when the first uh, playoff rankings come out, which all of that really translates to, hey, we're awesome, Right. Um, and then they, they beat what really amounts to a better than mediocre, slightly better than mediocre Penn state team. Oh, well, what did you expect? This is, this is an incredible defense they had to go up against. And, uh, you yeah, you guys are just whiners. Well, no, but the expectations were a little bit better than what we saw. Right. And, and that offense was not the same offense. Yes. I expected it to not be. 66 points, awesome, against Penn State, but I expected it to be 45. And I honestly don't believe they scored how many? 33? Uh, had a chance, had several chances in the red zone where those field goals should have been touchdowns. So easily could have been 45. So it's not an unrealistic expectation that Ohio State should have scored in the 40s in this game and not looked as inept on short yardage situations and as inept as they were sometimes in the red zone. Um, One of the other keys, I said, hey, this is, we're going to start to see if the defense is fixed. And that's where I struggled. You know, I told you as we watched the game, I got to go figure out, you know, if we've improved on defense or not. So to, to think through this, what I did, I'm like, okay, it's Penn State. Um, yes, that defense they have is better. Offensively, (sighs) yes, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's better than Maryland, it's better than Akron, it's better than Rutgers, it's better than Indiana, better than Tulsa, right? Therefore, yes, the best offense we've played in a while, okay? Um, But what does it really compare to? So I, I think about, okay, if Penn State were to play Minnesota, who would win? Probably probably Penn State, be a close game, probably. Um, And then, of course, there's Oregon, which I think Penn State could win a close game in that one as well. So the point being is, if I really want to see that they've improved at all, or if it's quote-unquote fixed, let me go look at those two games, right? Minnesota, we gave up 205 yards passing, 208 yards on the ground. We had two sacks, four tackles for loss, And one quarterback hurry. Um, Against Oregon, terrible outing. 236 yards passing, 269 yards rushing that we gave up, zero sacks, one um, tackle for loss, five quarterback hurries. Okay? All right, let's fast forward to Penn State. What did that look like? 361 yards passing that we gave up, only 33 yards rushing, four sacks, eight tackles for loss, five quarterback hurries. So, a lot to unpack there. It feels to me almost like, you know, when you plug the hole in the dam, you know, water comes out somewhere else. That is the clear tale when it comes to rushing and passing. We have gotten a lot better, a lot better. Against the rushing uh, on our rushing defense, still hard to say because Penn State did not come into this game. I mean, one of their issues has been all year long their running game, right? Their ability to their offensive line to break open those holes, etc. So, I'm still willing to give them benefit of the doubt and say yes. 33 yards rushing given up that that to me is good, no matter who it's against. I, I think that's good. I think they genuinely have improved with the rush defense. They, they're clearly getting more pressure. Clearly getting more pressure. Again, not as good of an offensive line likely as either Minnesota or Oregon, but uh, a lot more sacks, a lot more tackles for loss, a lot more uh, quarterback hurries. So they're getting the pressure. The rush defense is sound. But when they plug those two holes, there's a gusher that seems to be coming out of that pass defense. It has gotten worse. Right. Uh, And there were times in some of those other games, some of these poor teams that we played where they were passing the ball. And the problem is it's always to the same spots. Right. It's right through the middle, right through the middle, right through the middle. Oh, wide receiver screen to the middle, wide receiver screen, wide receiver screen to the middle. And every single freaking time people are open. We. I, Penn State was like, I don't know, 11 of 16 or something ungodly like that on third down. We had several third and longs again. That was an issue against Minnesota. It was an issue against Oregon. Frankly, it's been an issue several times since then, and it was worse against Penn State. So is the defense fixed? The answer is no. This is not yet a championship-caliber defense. Um, they still have a wonderful, wonderful chance to make the playoffs. But for it to be fixed, are they improving? Forget about fixed. Are they improving? And the answer is I still am not fully sure yet. Yes, I think they're getting a lot more pressure. They're very opportunistic. A lot of pick sixes, scoop and scores, Um, a lot more hurries, a lot more uh, sacks, etc. But you can't keep giving up that many yards in the passing game. When your young quarterback, young running back are still going to get nervous at the beginning of some of these games, they're going to be the way you saw Stroud and Henderson against Penn State. You're likely to see them against Michigan State because if, unless Michigan State craps the bed next week, they're going to be undefeated and ranked higher than Ohio State when they come to Columbus. They're going to be that same way against Michigan at the big house. So my point being is I expect that with those young players. I think they've done way more than you should expect them to, given the other people around them, right? It's the defense that's still not living up to expectations. That defense has to get much better in their past defense going forward, or we're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I think I'll end that because I've talked probably way too much here. (laughs) I think I'll end that with it. I, I, that defense, I, I still don't know yet whether the coaching really knows what they're doing. Some of those blitzes, right, a lot of the pressure is coming from a crap ton of blitzes that they're doing. They're, not, they're still not getting as much pressure as you really want from the front four because a lot of that pressure and those tackles for loss are coming because of these blitzes. The problem is it's like they are throwing gasoline out there at fire and, you know, into the wind and hoping the gasoline hits the fire, you know? Because some of those blitzes, I'm like, why are you blitzing there? And, and Penn State knew and could see where those blitzes were coming some, from sometimes. You know, I'm like, why why there? What What's going on? It's like they have no real clue as to how they want to blitz. They know they need it because their front four is not getting the pressure they still need to get, so they get all these blitzes, and it's like a crapshoot uh, with some of those. And to me, that's important because... When you have game after game after game after game, where the opposing uh, passing team is hitting the same spots on the screens and over the middle, it doesn't. You, they don't care if a blitz is coming. You have a corner blitz coming. They're going to pass the ball right over the middle anyway. <laughs> you know, so um, it still feels like that defense uh, from a, a coaching perspective. Is still a little slightly clueless, clueless on the how and when they should be doing uh, certain things. All right, I'm going to stop there and let you let you go.
1: All right, that was uh, good. Yeah, it was good analysis, good data, Uh, and I agree with you know pretty much everything you said. Of course, we talked about it at link yesterday. Uh, I'll I'll give my kind of quick. Negatives here because I think these are the most glaring issues. I will say before that, uh, the defensive line uh, definitely won us this game um, with the touchdown, obviously, the strip sack fumble for the touchdown, and then you know the hurry pressure to cause the uh, interception late there um, because of those hurries. Um, that's what is when we really started to slow Penn State down. But otherwise, if there was no pressure, Clifford had all day to throw and it was over the middle all game long. And obviously by the third quarter, it felt like, uh, you know, that Clemson game uh, from the Orange Bowl. We were at in what 2013 uh, where they would run the same play over and over again and they wouldn't do wouldn't make any adjustments to stop it. And this is how this felt. Uh, There were no adjustments made whatsoever to stop anything over the middle of the field. They went back and forth, wide receiver screen, play over the middle, wide receiver screen, no changes whatsoever. The only reason our defense held up is because we got more pressure um, throughout the second half. And as great as that is, that can't be sustained. Um, And honestly, I think it's more in the coaches than it is the players, especially, Uh, you know, some of the, especially linebackers, still looked a little bit out of place. I mean, they they knew, you know, what they were going to run, especially in the blitz packages. I mean, they knew what they were doing, and they went and did it. But, yeah, they, they ran a few uh, uh zero blitzes where they sent all three or even two of the three linebackers. And, I mean, he knew it right away, and there was no one over the middle. And, boom, just sit there right in the zone, catch the ball. I mean, we talked about, you know, Sean Clifford has not looked good all year. He's looked and okay. And I mean, there's he, no he's reason a game manager.
0: For sorry. him. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, as I was saying, Clifford uh, has looked, you know, hit or miss all year. I don't know if he's had a better game than he had against Ohio State, maybe against Ball State or Villanova. I don't know. But uh, he hasn't looked good the past few weeks against pretty good defenses. And, you know, that, that all changed this week. And because our scheme uh, is still, uh, there's still a lot to fix. Uh, And I think it's mainly the scheme. You know, they can go to one safety, they can go to two. Either way, teams are easily finding these holes in these zones. And when you play better teams that can throw the ball, you know, Purdue has to play makers. Uh, You know, they can score some points. I'm not really worried about that game, but um, Purdue can throw it around. Maybe Michigan State. I don't know. I'm sure Michigan will be ready. I mean, they're not the great greatest passing quarterbacks. Ohio State may not even see it really again until you know they would get to a, a bowl scenario. But either way, um, there's still a lot of issues in the middle of that defense, uh, and they got to find schemes, plays, whatever to uh, shore those up. On the offensive side, I'm not as worried. Uh, I think the biggest thing, C.J. Stroud, you know, threw for a quiet 300-some yards. Ohio State's offense is really great at those, you know, 10 to 15-yard routes and converting first downs, uh, especially, you know, taking what the defense gives them. But we saw it here and against Oregon with pretty good uh, red zone defenses, and you mentioned it, Uh, their offense was not good. I mean they they definitely had a lot more opportunity to score in the red zone and they were on the 1 yard line had that false start of course Olave is wide open and CJ Stroud just underthrew threw him you know there's two touchdowns right there you know there's eight more eight more points um not to mention a couple other red zone trips so uh, they have to i don't know if it was just overall play calling um it also the offensive line especially in the red zone wasn't wasn't getting much of much of a push
0: no they they were-
1: and there wasn't they weren't, really any they weren't hole. Getting for, any push at all. Yeah. Yeah, and there wasn't really any hole for them to run through. So that was a big thing. Uh second, CJ Stroud. Uh, he's got to run the ball sometime. There were many times where he had an open pocket, he danced around to try to throw it, you know, to a contested receiver, even on some of those third and shorts where he easily had a first down multiple times. Just go get the first down. Um it's weird because he he was running, you know, seamlessly all last year, you know, in his garbage time. And I don't know what changed. He just doesn't want to get hit and risk injury. Um, but he's got to he's got to start running that football and just picking yeah, up the yards. Yeah, his
0: touchdown that he had last uh, year was it was a a long run. And I think everybody, I, I think that's why everybody is yeah, worried so coming into this year, like, oh wow, is CJ Stroud going to be more like Justin Fields, or is he going to be more like uh, uh, JT Barrett, right? Because the way you watched him run that play no. against Michigan, I think it was Michigan State, um, and score on that long run, it looked very much like a JT Barrett type of play. Which is not, not to knock JT Barrett, but you know, we, we were wanting, we were wanting something more like Justin Fields, and so I think that's why people are a little bit worried coming into this year. Um, so yeah, it is odd uh, to me that he seems extremely reluctant to run.
1: Yeah, uh, so hopefully that that'll have to change at some point. So I'm hoping that you know over the course of the next uh, few weeks, he he takes the yards he can get and sl- slide down quickly, uh, and go on to the next play. But those are the big things on both sides. Uh, again, the the D line is playing better. Uh, I do agree the pressure is more from blitz packages rather than the front four. I mean, Tyreek, you know, back had a pretty good game of. Of course, the interior D-lineman, for the most part, had a pretty good game. Um, overall, you know, cornerbacks, uh, you know, didn't really get beat deep. Penn State didn't really even try. Uh, you know, there were a couple stupid calls, especially pass interference calls, like against Burke, that really weren't there. But uh, overall, him him, and uh, I think Hickman, uh didn't see anything from Banks' side. They they played pretty well. Dotson really wasn't Czech. It was just Parker Washington over the middle. You know, guys that were just sitting in the zones on, on really those routes. So in terms of that, secondary played, you know, I believe is playing a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's still just the, the schemes for the linebackers, and that's what's going to have to improve, uh, especially when they face a passing offense. In terms of real quick uh, running, I'm not... They have been better, but they also haven't really played teams that can run the ball either. And so I'm a little bit nervous for that when they finally play. You know, like even Nebraska next week, who has a dual-threat quarterback and is pretty decent running running the ball, even though that's all they can do. And Michigan State. I mean, we saw what Walker did against Michigan, uh, which really surprised me. Uh, so that makes me nervous a little bit. But as of right now, you know, it was a good win. They're still a good team. Uh, obviously a lot of talent. Uh, I do think they can win the rest of their games. Um, you know, I said I wasn't fully sold on the defense. I knew you weren't either, and I'm still not. Uh, still need some work to be done, but I, this team is still a good team, and I believe that they can get there uh, at the end of the year. They can get the defense t- enough to a championship-caliber defense, As, and this team can be a national championship-caliber team, uh, you know, especially if the offense and the red zone offense comes together. But I digress.
0: Yeah, I think my, my closing comments on the defense, I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, kind of coming back to the question, is it fixed? No, absolutely not fixed. Is it? Has it improved? You know, after I went through my bombast, after you went through uh, your analysis, I think what we can say is yes, there has been improvement. Defensive line needs to get more pressure, but they have upped their game. They seem to be setting the edge a little bit better on the running game, and I think it was a combination that, you know, uh, Penn State doesn't run the ball well, and they saw how teams getting to the edge against Ohio State earlier in the season had better success, and so they figured out a different way using their wide receiver screens to get to the edge. And even then, they would get chunk yards, but they never got explosive plays, and that's one thing that's changed as well. Oregon, Minnesota both had um, huge explosive plays. Penn State had some some yes. you know you know big plays, but nothing where they you know they went to the house that they that that they took to the house. And that defense giving out 360 some yards through the air, you know, you, you talk about championship caliber. If Ohio State can improve a little bit on that pass defense and get a little bit better with their blitz packages and their pressure, then yes, I think they can get to a um, a championship caliber. I, I think the secondary is playing well. They're keeping that stuff in front of them. Those things that were going over the middle, they were frustrating because a lot of times they were on third down, right? Again, I go back to Penn State's third down conversion was through the roof, um, particularly on a lot of third and longs. And it's very frustrating in the heat of the moment to see those things. But at the end of the day, none of those things turned into uh, home run hitters or explosive plays. And that is an improvement. So, yes, I think the ending synopsis is the defense has improved. I think had they not improved, they would not have beaten Penn State. And that's important. I think they've had enough improvement that they could play a team similar to Minnesota and Oregon and beat them. Um so they have shown a bit of improvement there and i think that's all i'll 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 end with the the defense
1: yep sounds good we uh beat that horse long enough uh just kind of following that up obviously the playoff rankings uh come out on tuesday you know this is the pull that really matters and we were kind of talking about it um even after you know a ranked win, although Penn State probably won't be ranked upcoming Tuesday, uh, where do you see Ohio State fall? You know, because I had said uh, I know they're fifth right now, but honestly, uh, when the committee comes out with the rankings, I think Oregon's going to be ahead of Ohio State, which we've talked about this. Do you think Ohio State is the better team, but they did lose, and Oregon only has one loss, so especially right now, I I'm fine with them putting you know, Oregon ahead, even if I think Ohio State's the better team, because um, I think it'll play out, uh, especially as Ohio State plays tougher opponents down the stretch and Oregon really doesn't. Um, also, you know, I do think Michigan State will be ranked ahead, uh, after their win. They're still undefeated. Um, uh, I'm not sure about Cincinnati or Oklahoma. I would think Oklahoma would be maybe Cincinnati. So if I had to guess, I'd say Ohio State probably falls at six or seven right now. Uh do I think they should be on tire? Yes, but I think that's where their fall. Just your quick thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. So the AP rankings came out, and they're at number six, and that Michigan State basically jumped up. And I I can't fault anyone for that. Um, Michigan State's undefeated. Um, they just beat a top ten team, so I mean, I, I, you know, that's not too big of a deal uh, to me. There. Um, it is going to be interesting. I think the wild card really is U C. Um, Because I think you're right. Oklahoma will probably be ahead. They are a power five team that's undefeated, and they're a name, they're a brand name that's been there before. And they've been there to the playoffs, exhibiting the same behaviors that they are now, and they always seem to rise above it. So, yeah, Uh, barely beating Kansas is a big issue to me. When it gets to the end of the year and the rubber meets the road, it needs to be looked at very seriously. But as of right now, easily see them being ahead of Ohio State. Michigan State, I see them being ahead. Bama is Bama, so they'll likely be ahead. And, of course, Georgia will be number one. The wild card is UC. You know How much respect are they going to give a group of five the respect that, for whatever reason, the politically correct pollsters are right now? Because, personally, um, it's a double-edged sword. I will come at people. They're going to tell me I'm a schizo. UC, I think... Uh, neutral field right now uh, in a game that you know each team has like a week and a half or so you know a couple weeks almost like a bowl game to build up for. I think U C beats Oklahoma. Um, I think U C probably beats Michigan State. I don't think they beat Ohio State. My point is, is yeah, I mean they may have a team that can compete in the playoffs, maybe, uh, but they're a group of five. They beat Notre Dame. That's it. Nothing else about them impresses me. From a... Um, a uh, schedule perspective. They're a group of five. Um, there's a precedence that has to be set one way or the other. I feel that precedence has to be group of five, unless there's a bigger playoff, you're not getting in. You don't deserve to get in. Um, but they may set another precedence. So I'm looking at at least number five, to your point, depending on what happens with UC, maybe Number six, uh, Oregon, another small wild card. Yeah, I agree, um, given that Oregon won the head-to-head. And, and I think that's part of the bombast of the Penn State game very quickly, right? It's the miss opportunity because it does make it easier for the selection committee right now to say, you know what, I don't know the Ohio State's improved enough for us to believe that they would actually beat Oregon if they played again right now. Last week, I would have said, absolutely, Ohio State beats Oregon if they played right now. I still kind of feel that way, but I can get that the collective outside of Ohio State fans, after having seen them um, eh, kind of barely beat Penn State and have st- still have some defensive issues, I can see a collective thought that, hey, maybe they're not better than Oregon right now. So that is another wild card. So to your point, yeah, maybe even seven.
1: Um, definitely not below that, though, obviously. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and, it, uh, you know, as we said, it'll get better. They still play. You know, hopefully Michigan State will stay undefeated uh, over the next uh, two weeks. So when we play them, uh, it'll be a top-10 matchup. And, of course, even Michigan, I think most likely will be around that 10 range, uh, 11 to 9 range somewhere in there uh, after a close loss. And you look at all the other after teams After hilarious so, loss. Uh, if they can so let's just take yes, this time very. We'll get very to, in a briefly, to
0: just laugh at Michigan because I love laughing at them. They're they're so, they're so funny. They're like little clowns in their yellow pants. You know, I, I think with their little yellow pants and their stupid looking helmets, and those are really dumb looking helmets at any rate. Dumb looking helmets. They're silly yellow pants and <sighs> laughing, uh, laughing, losing as hilariously as they do. Let's just take a moment to laugh at Michigan. Ha, ha. Ho, ho.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to put them in a, our LOL segment. They were obviously the first ones uh, up. Well, well we, yeah, hey, it looked like listen, they were we don't win the game.
0: have to just have one moment to make fun of them. We will definitely put them in the LOL segment
1: and laugh at them again. Well, that is true, too. But this is, you know, a true, you know. You're, you're for sure in the LOL segment because they blew a sixteen point lead pretty easily and uh of course Hartball's decision to mess with two quarterbacks and the young guy fumbling twice. Uh them I think getting outscored twenty one to three uh in the you know later third to fourth quarters. Uh so yeah just hilariousness all around uh finding ways to choke again. So well done, Meat Chicken. <laughs> Uh, another team, quickly to add to that, uh, it's definitely uh, oh, Florida. Oh, so we're jumping into the we After are jumping into up.
0: the LOL segment. Then, yeah,
1: okay, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I was going to add Florida. Yeah, definitely add. Definitely add, Real have Florida quick, Florida as they the gave the up LOL. Since they gave up, uh, you know, twenty-one points, and you know what was it? Two minutes at the end of the second half. There, played pretty, pretty decently up until then, and they just, you know. Kind of screwed themselves, especially with turnovers and everything. Yeah, they got uh, blasted. Uh, didn't bode well for me since I chose them. But uh, yeah, Georgia just rolling right now. Good on them. Who else do you want to add to the LOL segment? Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Maybe Nebraska. Um, I, I I'm I'm kind of yes. reluctant to give them an LOL since they uh, we have to play them next week and. Honestly, I think uh, Nebraska has to win the rest of their games now. They absolutely have to win all the rest of their games to make it to a bowl game, most likely, unless they come out at the end of the year and have some goofy, um, oh, well, we got to fill our bowl slots. Let's go after some of these uh, losers. But uh, otherwise, they're done. Um, and I think consequently, um, barring something unforeseen, I think Frost is done and that unforeseen would have to start with them playing out of their minds this week and so i expect them f- to play out of their minds i i expect nebraska this week to play the best game that they have in a while or just completely <laughs> crap the bed one of the two but that's why i'm reluctant <laughs> you know because it, you know get the uh, superstitious uh, fan fear that right. uh, by me putting them in the lol uh, category that they'll uh, come on fire and pull it out next week. But they are definitely LOL at this point, uh, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, they play – do they still play Wisconsin and Iowa after yes. Ohio State? Yeah, yeah so <laughs> – yeah, good luck. They'll probably will give – I mean, all all these teams will give Ohio State their best shot, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, in Nebraska, <laughs> just losing – the just continuing to find ways to lose no matter if they're home on the road like Minnesota now Purdue you know by 5 at home it's just I think
0: there's a difference between just giving your best shot, your best shot and being um, pushed into a corner you know there you know there's a different kind of focus uh when you're pushed into a corner and you have that fear that that fear and fight Um, versus, you know, that this has got to be your absolute best game and you can get, you can have your pet rallies and all that stuff and get all riled up and go play the best game of your life. At the end of the day, there's nothing like being uh, kicked in the rear, pushed into a corner. That's when you really come out and fight. And that's, that frankly is where Penn State was this week. Um... Two losses the way they lost, they were pushed into a corner and they came out and fought, I think. So I think there's a little bit of a difference between you know, everybody giving their best game and really being painted into a corner. But Sorry. Back to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was just going to quickly uh, add on to all that, just the entirety of uh, the ACC and Pac-12 right now because, <laughs> yeah. good Lord. Yeah, they are I think, funny. I think all the South now has – yeah, I think all the South now has a couple of losses. You know, Arizona State, UCLA. I mean, who knows who's going to come out of that division? I mean, Oregon still. Um, Oregon State still looks decent, but I mean, that's a crapshoot. And of course, the ACC pitches losing. Wake Forest, you know, still undefeated, but um, you know, who still knows who's going to come out of that division? You know, that division and that conference championship. So, uh, yeah, just LOL at those two conferences. Uh, Filled with, you know, pretty, uh, pretty bad teams.
0: So so to them we give a, ha ha.
1: Uh, Then real quick, of course, just to finish out, you know, our picks for this week. uh, You did win. You went fifteen and ten on a bad week with hundred sixty nine. I went twelve and thirteen with. I went twelve and thirteen with one forty one. So that puts you right now one ten and one fifteen. Uh with thirteen sixty nine points. I am at one oh seven and one eighteen. Three games behind now you and uh with one thousand four hundred and three. So still up uh thirty four points. <laughs> super super Any anything else to add before uh we finish this one?
0: No. Um I think I think we got it all out. I think we bombasted the bejeebus out of this episode. And so that probably means that since you've all been fantastically bombasted, you are done with this fantabulous episode. Oh Buckeye bombast with Bellhaven and the Ball
1: I don't know him.